Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, and stories of West Seattle come together. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we'll get to know John Daniels, owner of Seattle Fish Company, which was recently recognized by Food & Wine magazine as serving up the best sandwich in all of Washington State. But first, let's explore another great moment in West Seattle history by taking a spin in the Jeanette Williams Memorial Time Machine, powered by the Southwest Seattle Historical Society. We've landed in 1935, just north of the stretch of sand we now know as Alki Beach Park, where in a ramshackle converted garage on Alki Avenue Southwest, two brothers are cooking up a fresh idea for hungry beachgoers. Their names are Jack and Frank Alger, and their new venture is named Spud Fish and Chips. Originally from Vancouver, BC, the brothers were inspired by the English-style fish and chip stands commonly found in coastal areas of Canada. They saw a golden opportunity to bring this style of seafood to Seattle. Having opened in the midst of the Great Depression, prices for a two-piece order of fried cod and french fries started at 10 cents. When cooking grease was in scarce supply during World War II, many of Spud's devoted customers donated their ration coupons so the operation could stay afloat. The original Spud on Alki is still in operation today, longer than any other seafood restaurant in Seattle, and keeping their traditions alive by cooking with original recipes. Thanks to the Southwest Seattle Historical Society for letting us take the Jeanette Williams Memorial Time Machine out for a spin. Let us know if there's a time of West Seattle's past you'd like us to explore in the future. Our next segment was originally intended to be part of our Tastemakers series, where we take a deep dive into a single menu item at a local bar or restaurant. So when Food & Wine magazine recently recognized Seattle Fish Company for their halibut sandwich, I reached out to owner John Daniels to talk about it. And like any good fisherman worth his salt, he had plenty more tales about his life and business in West Seattle. So when did your story with Seattle Fish Company begin? 2011. So it had been there for about six or seven years. Had a good following, but it was just a fish market in a pretty big building. Mm -hmm. And so then I built out the grill and I had previously sold a business in downtown Seattle after 16 years and did really well with that. Took a year or two off. And then all of a sudden I'm looking to get back to work and here comes Seattle fish out in West Seattle. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I go, let's go take a look. And Ended up striking a deal with the former owner and worked out well. We built the restaurant out the next year and it's been rolling ever since. That's awesome. And your halibut sandwich was recently named by Food & Wine magazine, one of the best sandwiches in all of Washington State. That's quite an honor. Yeah, we were pleasantly surprised. It actually got the best sandwich in Washington State. It was one of the best in the country, but yeah, oh, right. you're right. Best best sandwich in Washington State. And the funny thing, within the house, we've got our cooks and our wage staff and the fish guys, and we're all laughing because we sell a lot more of the grilled salmon sandwich, but for whatever reason, the grilled halibut sandwich got the best sandwich in Washington mm -hmm. State. So I was kind of, okay, sometimes you get a little traction on something and just you know, take what you can. It was awesome. And we were really honored to get that from a very prestigious food magazine. And yeah, just take it, <laughs> accept it and be happy. Did so. you have any idea that food and wine was in your neck of the woods and sampling your sandwiches? No. And that's funny that you bring that up because 
sometimes we'll get hit up for advertisers and magazines around the city and the state. And they'll be like, okay, you know, if uh, you, you know, place an ad with us, we'll place you here or there. And I feel like it's a little bit like, well, let's just earn this thing. Honestly, Mm -hmm. we had no idea. I, I still don't know who came in. I just do. I don't know. I've never done any research on it to try to get a picture of the whoever wrote the article or did the judging. I don't know. But obviously they were in at some point and we were just honored to get that. And we've always been very proud of our product, but usually it's a fancier restaurants that get those mm-hmm. uh, accolades. So to have it's basically a fish market grill, simple concept, we're a little bit more blue collar. I'm, I'm kind of a t-shirt and shorts kind of guy in the <laughs> summer and uh, sweatshirts and sweats in the winter. I have nothing fancy over there. It's yeah. just great, fresh product. And we portion and do all of our own seasonings right there in house. Yeah, but nothing, it wasn't like there was a whole bunch of fancy sauces or anything involved. It was just pretty much a grilled halibut sandwich. And we just, we keep it simple. It's all about the fresh product. You start simple and try to keep it that way. You want to taste the nice, fresh seafood, not some fancy sauce. So, right. Yeah, it was. It worked out very well. We were pleasantly surprised, I'll tell you that. So break it down for me. What exactly goes into this award-winning Best in Washington State halibut sandwich? Well, a fresh toasted bun. You know, everyone likes the bun, and we got a lot of great bakers around here. And then we uh, fillet our own halibut fresh every day about, I don't know, three, four fish, depending on how busy. Some of the fillets work their way into the kitchen. Most of it goes to the fish market side. And then here comes the salt and pepper, a little bit of dill. We've got a nice fresh tartar sauce. There's a little bit of that. Some fresh cabbage. Smidge of carrot. It's more blended in with the cabbage. Like I say, (laughs) no big secrets here, man. (laughs) I wish I could tell you Something like, oh, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. But <laughs> now, none of those jokes are in play here. It's just really just basic fresh product, I think, is what it's all about. It's just the yeah. fresh. What sets us apart from a lot of people is they, they get food delivery service. And sometimes in the pipeline, you'll get a two- or three-day delay from one warehouse dock to the next. And we're flying everything in fresh or trucking it in fresh every day. And we go to Alaska Airlines every day, get a lot of product from them. And from, I was born in Alaska and fished for 20, 20 something years. Oh. Yeah. So we've got contacts all over up there. I've still got family in Alaska. So yeah, no, <laughs> I wish I just had some secret sauce recipe I could tell you, but I, it, it, it was pretty simple. Just yeah. salt, pepper, maybe a smidge of, uh, of lemon. Mm-hmm. I'm a lemon and dill guy. Ask anyone that's been to my house for a barbecue. They're like, oh, you just, you know, you just salt, pepper, you know, lemon, pepper, and dill. That's yeah. about it. Was there a lot of experimenting and coming up with this particular preparation? Or did, was it just, this is what we're going to do? Yeah, no. We always uh, like to sample anything with the crew. That's one of the fun benefits of working there at Seattle Fish is... We come up with a new item, like we have a new item, gumbo, and coconut prawns are, are just things we're toying with. We just got some beer-battered onion rings we're tinkering with right now, all very new to the menu. And as this whole COVID thing settles down and we get more people in the restaurant, we'll come up with more. But I think, let's see, I'm thinking back nine years, because that was one of our first items was the mm-hmm. grilled salmon and grilled halibut. And then we went 
immediately the sandwich style because people were like, well, I don't want to, you know, pay back then it was 22 or $24. They're up to 30 bucks now for the dinner portion, Mm -hmm. but the sandwiches are still under 20 bucks. They were 14. And I think over the last decade and they've worked their way up closer to 18, 19 bucks a pan or a, a sandwich, sorry, per sandwich. And that comes with, you know, fries or salad or coleslaw, whatever you want. But going back to the question, I would say we probably tinkered with three or four. It's all about how much salt, how much pepper, how much dill, how much this. And then you have to make a whole batch of that. So we start with um, you know, a 16-ounce container, and we shake it up. We blend in. We measure it really carefully. We'll shake it up really good. I think we did uh, three or four test batches on that. And, of course, tomato I forgot to mention that. There's tomato on there. You know, how much tomato? And some people don't like tomato. So you want to keep it light, but have it be a presence because tomato is just a nice little thing to have on a sandwich. It's, and they're super healthy. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it, it, only we did the whole thing. I'd say within two hours, we had our final recipe. And it's in the permanent book now. It's been sitting there for 10 years or so. And this is not the only halibut sandwich you serve. You're right. Yes. So then we have breaded because our halibut uh, and salmon and cod fish and chips are so popular. And also we can keep the cost down on the breaded because there's not quite as much weight involved in the breaded sandwich versus the grilled. So you've got the... The breaded sandwich is at 14 on the halibut, only $12 on the salmon. Mm-hmm. So there's about a 5 to $7 difference on that. Is there a halibut sandwich season? No, we go year-round. But to that point, the halibut season for the fresh, it runs usually mid-March into early, mid-November. Mm-hmm. This year, for the first time ever, the halibut season is going to start as early as ever, March 8th, which is this Saturday. So they'll start fishing in the afternoon of Saturday, and then they got to let the hooks sit in the water for about 12 hours or so. And then they'll need to do that twice at least. And they need to get to port for processing and labeling and tagging all that. They do monitor this fishery heavily for Mm -hmm. a lot of good reasons. They want to make sure to keep everything sustainable, which is what we're all about. And then they got to ship them down to Seattle, and that's about a three-hour flight, but you still have to factor in time from the facility that's doing the processing to get to the airport after they're boxed. And then, of course, we go down and pick them up at the airport at SeaTac bring them back to Seattle fish and start filleting. Wow. So that, you know, that, that can take three days, uh-huh. really, from first hook in the water to first fish in Seattle. And we do this a lot during Copper River. It's mm-hmm. a big fishery, and that's another timing game where you just got to get the first boats out, and Mother Nature may or may not be working with you. She might decide maybe it's blowing 40 knots out there, and we just don't want any fishermen hurt. So we just try to keep keep everything nice and safe. Did you fish for halibut during your time up in Alaska? I did. Yeah, I actually fished off of Kodiak Island. I fished in southeast Alaska for halibut and black cod. I did salmon and herring. I fished in the Bering Sea for three years up there in the 
early 90s, late 80s, I guess. But it was back in my younger days, for sure. I had a lot of fun up there. <laughs> so you really know your stuff when it comes to seafood. You'd say I've been from the fisherman to the fishmonger. And, and of course, we're now we're shipping seafood all over the U.S. It's been a successful program, and people love Northwest seafood. We're very lucky in Seattle having a good fishery in the state. And also with a pipeline from Oregon, Canada, and Alaska to the rest of the U.S. Seattle's a major hub, and our shipping department's been really busy, especially with COVID. It's been crazy that you get all these negative things with people can't sit in the restaurant, and people are worried to go out of their homes, let alone go into a business to buy something. So we've struggled with that and been successful, and we've kept everyone safe and just doing the best that everyone can do. But to have the internet, which I didn't even think about when this whole thing hit, I was like, wow, the internet's going crazy. Mm -hmm. So we've been shipping out a lot of boxes throughout the U.S. because people that don't want to go to a store or maybe they live out of town somewhere in the middle of, I don't know, Wisconsin or anywhere, Florida, they're just, you know, we'll just fly it into the house directly and we'll do their portioning for them. Nice little individual one pound cuts. We'll put a variety of seafood in their box for them and ship it right to their house. Wow. And they don't even have to talk to or see a person in human. They can just boxes waiting on their porch for them. So it's been very successful this last year. That's been one of the silver linings of this dark cloud that's been hanging over all of us with COVID. That's your pandemic pivot, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, can I coin that one? <laughs> you can borrow it. <laughs> I'm going to borrow it. All right, I'm borrow. What's the best way for people to get their hands on your sandwich? They can just come in. Obviously, uh, West Seattle got a great community out here. Just love everybody here. Uh, just come on in. Uh, we're open. Just bring your mask and do your six feet social distancing. And you can either dine in if there's room. We're at 25% occupancy currently, which is roughly 20 people. Most people are taking it to go. And they can also call in their order. And then we've been working with a couple of delivery services, DoorDash and, and Postmates. We've been working with those two quite heavily as the drivers are just picking up the food at Seattle Fish and delivering it right to people's doors, especially for that high-risk group. They want to make sure to you know, watch out for them and make sure everyone's just safe through this whole thing. Yeah, and you've got a couple of those nice outdoor tables. That's where I always like to sit. Yeah, I just I love those myself uh, when it's nice and sunny. Um, you know, you get a little bit of sunshine, and then somewhere around 12 o'clock, depending on the time of the year, then the sun kind of sneaks behind the building and you got this nice shade uh, in the summer as you're sitting out there. But yeah, we've, we've had to cut the tables down to three, but I think we're going to be back to 50% pretty soon. I'm hearing a lot of good things, positive potential opening to 50%. And then maybe sometime this summer, we'll see if we're back to a hundred percent, but I'm, we're cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah. Do you think the fame that comes from your food and wine award will go to your head? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've been doing this for a long time. We've gotten a lot of accolades, many awards, and just great positive feedback from so many great people. But no, I'm just the same old humble old fish guy I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, I'm a little too old for that. I, I think if I was still in my 20s or 30s, uh, Maybe I'd let it go to my head, but I think when you get to your mid-50s, all of a sudden you're kind of like, <laughs> ah, whatever. It just, 
Yeah. No, I, you <laughs> trust me, you'll see the same old guy you've ever seen down there doing this for the last 26 years uh, total. Uh, two different businesses, same business basically, but yeah, 26 years I've been doing this. Nothing's going to my head, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm waiting for someone to give an award to your crab cakes, which I think are the best in town, restaurant, market, anything. I love them so much. Thank you for that. Yeah, and that's actually a neighborhood favorite, which is funny. That's not even my original recipe. It it actually came with the company originally. Seattle Fish was doing that before I got there, Mm. but that was one of the things that I just said absolutely we have to keep these exactly as they are and keep them rolling. I think that I'd gotten rid of those. I think the neighborhood would have revolted. But, uh, <laughs> you know, people love them. It's usually my first customers of the day, let me think here, because I get in at 9 a.m., the grill doesn't open up till 11. Mm-hmm. So I'm setting up the fish market, doing my thing. But yeah, I would say four out of five of my first customers in the morning is just this group of regulars. They come in. They either get salmon or crab cakes and a couple other mainstay items. And they just, they've got their routine. They come and see me and, you know, get their goodies (laughs) and go home. But yeah, the crab cakes definitely are just amazing. I love them. And when I had them for the first time myself, I was just like, wow, that is a good crab cake. And especially when crab prices started to spike up, I I shop around some of the the big grocery chains around here and see what they got going on just to keep an eye on things as I'm getting my bread and butter and whatever. But I noticed, especially a lot of the restaurants, they used a blend of this different crab. It was like an East Coast crab or mm-hmm. something. And the problem was the Dungeness flavor, because we use pure Dungeness crab meat. Mm-hmm. The, the Dungeness crab will get overwhelmed by the other, whether it's imitation crab or whatever, I don't right. know. But man, you can sure taste the difference. And so we made a decision a few years back when the, the crabbers, the Dungeness crabbers went on strike. And they held out for a long time, and they finally got the price they were looking for. And I supported them. They work hard out there, and I was a fisherman myself for 20 years. The weather doesn't care if you're making less or more yeah. money. It's the, the danger is still there. It's a hard-working industry. It's wet and cold. I think the fishermen, fisher gals, fisher peoples, I should say, fisher <laughs> peoples, they should all be making as much as they can. Just it, It's just a tough working industry. Yeah. And you're going out there. You don't know if you're coming back. The Scandies Rose just went down. It's dangerous out there, you know. And we want everybody to come home safe and be able to support their families with a good income. So I, I was not opposed to the strike. Of course, I was very excited when they settled it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's. Long story short, on the on the crab meat, Dungeness is just so just nice and sweet and buttery. Yeah. You you don't want to mix it in with anything because what I found at these different restaurants I was at and they were using the blend or whether it was some of the supermarkets, I could just look at it and I could just see it wasn't right, didn't yeah. smell right, didn't taste right. <laughs> and it wasn't like it was bad, but it, it's definitely not the pure Dungeness. So we made a hardcore decision just to say, nope, we're drawing the line. We're keeping the price up where it has to be. And we are going with pure Dungeness. And we had a couple people complain a little bit. We did have to raise the price a dollar a cake mm-hmm. from $6 up to $7. And 
So we made a decision that we're going to, we're going to lose our margin that we should be at. And we're just going to take the hit because we're about quality over trying to sub in some imitation something. So we just kind of took the hit on that a little bit. But the good news was the people stuck with us and we've actually seen a huge increase in the amount of cakes going out the door. It's probably tripled over the last three, four years since other people started using imitation meats and things like that, fillers, as they're called. We kept with the quality and people supported us. You know, like I said, we had a couple people complain. They said, oh, a dollar, it's going up a dollar. I'm like, do you want to pay the extra dollar or do you want it to not taste right? You know, yeah. and they winked and laughed and they're still steady, good customers. And, you know, it's just, it is what it is. There's sometimes in business, there is tough decisions to be made. But yeah. that was one that was pretty easy for us. We just had to say, listen, the tough part was going up a dollar. The easy decision was keeping the quality in the crab cakes. Mm-hmm. You wanted the best, you got the best. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) And we let the customers know that too. And and they know. This neighborhood knows. Seattle Fish Company is open every day at 9 a.m. with the grill firing up at 11. For more info, find them on the web at seattlefishcompany.com. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. You can show support for this free community podcast just by leaving a comment or review on whatever platform you're streaming from. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates. Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production. Interviews are edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.